Hey everyone and welcome to the FitSess podcast. So today we've got Nat on. Hi. Um, so Nat's obviously one of one of Dex's clients and today we're going to have her on to talk about her own fitness journey, um, what her fitness was like previously, some of her nutrition and how it's helped her mental health as well throughout this journey. So come on Dex. Nat, first of all, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself, your fitness journey personally because obviously you've come from like you used to do a little bit of sprinting. You, you've been, you've always been involved in fitness in your life, um, forever basically. Uh, all your kids are very active. Uh, they all come here, so that's fantastic. Uh, so you set a really good um, like example. You're a great role model for them in terms of being healthy, and, uh, and I think you put a big priority on mental health as well. And I know obviously when we did George's podcast a couple of days ago, she obviously she put them both side by side, physical health and mental health as on this, uh, a level playing field. And I think that needs to be um, appreciated more from many people. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your journey and yourself. Okay, well my fitness journey actually started um, around the age of 16. Yeah. Basically a friend similar to Georgia mine, Yeah, very similar to Georgia. Basically a friend of mine was, uh, I would say, pretty overweight. Mm. Wanted to start um, getting fitter, wanted to start getting di- start a diet. Mm-hmm. Um, neither of us knew anything about it and we were just encouraged to go to what you would probably not know as an aerobics class. <laughs> so um, we started going down the going down the journey of aerobics class. Start laughing. Going down the journey of aerobics classes. Yeah. We started doing aerobics class from there. Started, you know, which was really good fun. I think we went then. Obviously, it wasn't enough for me, and I wanted to try something new. And I went down the road of circuit training, which was, and we used to do it with um, some footballers at Forward Leisure Centre. Nice. So I started doing that. Um, one of them then then picked me up and said, you know. You'd be really good at doing Harriers, tried sprinting, oh, okay. and the sprint was always one of my biggest Was you still things. like 16 at this point? 16, or yeah. No, 16. I was 16. Um, I'd lost my brother um, before us as well. Uh, I'd spoken to somebody then about it at the, at the leisure centre, and they said, you know, fitness would probably be a really good way to go about it. Um, just help me. I didn't know any more of 16, but just wanted to go in it for the fun. But yeah, I was so started doing Harriers. Um, I was still then playing rounders as well, from just from school. Um, so I never really saw it as starting out on my fitness journey. It was just an extension of doing PE at school, really, and going on from there. Can I just say something as well? For, for, for Harry to take on someone at 16, that is very unusual. Because I, I've got a couple of friends that run for Harry's now, and they've all been running with them since, like, 10 yeah, you so have to start very young, don't Yeah, you? so for that, that's yeah. really unusual and it's great that they took you on as well. And obviously you got a lot out of it. Oh, I loved it. Um, you know, so much so that obviously when Georgia and Olivia were younger, they went to Harry's, they were doing Harry's. I, and then Bob Welfare, who actually ran Harry's yeah. at that time, he's very well known, Bob, um, RIP. Um, but he um, he asked me if I'd start helping out, so I started coaching a little bit there, started doing a bit of coaching and oh, helping wow. them, so yeah, so it was all good. good, but that was the start of my fitness journey. So just going back, obviously, how old were you when you lost your brother? I just turned 16. Just turned 16, so 16 was a big year for you, obviously, you yeah. got into fitness, and was did you seek out fitness for that sole purpose that you, you know, obviously had this devastating event in your life? No, not at all. Like I said earlier, it was more of an extension of doing like yeah, PE at school from, from doing sprinting at school and playing mm. rounders and netball and everything at school and being very quite sporty at school. It's the only thing reason why I went to school because of the sport. Um, <laughs> academics, no. Um, but yeah, so it's more of an extension. I think when I, what I realised was that when I was starting to do some of the activities that it was actually helping my mental health. Right. Uh, when I used to do the circuit training with the guys in... Uh, Ford Leisure Centre at the time, 
you know, I spoke to somebody about it and they explained that I've, you know, doing things like that raised my endorphins to help those happy pill, happy emotions, you know what I mean? That's one of the amazing things about you though, Nat, you're always like, you, you're very aware of yourself and you're always asking questions and like, what is this doing, what is this doing? And you're always very aware of your mental health where I think a lot of the time, like, most people, even now, like, in the gym, even though mental health has become massive over the last three or four years, people are still not aware of their own emotions or how they're feeling. And I remember speaking to Nathan um, a couple of weeks ago, or it might have been in lockdown, to be fair, when we lived there, and he was saying one of the best things about yourself, like, was that you were so open about your mental health. You know, if you were struggling, you were just open about it, and it helped them as kids. And I think that... I think it's so healthy that they can all speak openly about it. And it was actually because Nathan was having empathy for another person who was struggling with mental health. And I thought that's a really good way to like go about it. Because I know a lot of people aren't comfortable about talking about it. And that's yeah. one of the reasons I wanted to just come on the podcast today is to talk about mental health. And like your approach growing up, how did you find it going from like having three kids but still being able to talk about mental health with them who perhaps might have struggled to understand? It's very difficult, to be fair. It sounds, you know, I didn't always deal with my mental health. Um, For a long time, I wasn't even aware I was struggling. Yeah. Um, You've got to appreciate it, 16, you know what I mean? I was just basically left to grieve on my own. That's Mm. no disrespect to my family. No, and there was no disrespect to my family either. Mum, obviously, had just lost a son. My dad was comforting my mum, my sister was married, so they lived in their own house. So basically, I was left on my own. A 16 year old would be okay, the loving life. So, you know, I learned to just really, sounds awful, bottle it up and move on. Yeah, you've um, probably never really dealt with it. No, and, that, and that's true. And I think then down the years down the line, anything that affected me in my life, it was a case of just bottling it up, bottling mm. it up. So it became, a, how, yeah. became a, like, a coping mechanism it for you was mechanism. going forward, was like, yeah. I know this is how I've dealt with it in the past, it's worked so far, yeah, yeah. let's deal with it like that, bottle it up. But then I, when I had the children and things, I, I think... I thought then, you know, I can't keep bottling these things up because you've got to learn to deal with it. I started getting very angry about things and I realised that my anger was coming from the fact that I hadn't released any emotions. Mm. So I went to seek help um, and I, I went down the route of going on antidepressants and like you do. And But I don't like anything that's fixed by a pill. That's just a personal yeah, choice yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, so in the end, um, I, I went through a counselling route um, and basically... As you can imagine, they always say, you know, you you charge your bottle too full, and yeah. you can only, and then suddenly it'll explode. Well, I think things like that, things in my past have exploded, and I needed to help. And I think that's a great way of like yeah. explaining it as yeah. well. Like you can only bottle up a certain amount. I think it's like if if for instance, like as a manager, someone who manages people, you can only bottle bottle up certain frustrations until you have to say, right, you have that conversation with that person. Otherwise, you are going to, to explode and it's going to be inappropriate. Yeah. And you're going to look like the bad guy. Then. Now, you're yeah, going to be the one who's thing, looking irrational. Of course it is. And the sad thing is, when you bottle something up, you don't, when you when you release it with somebody, you don't just release the, the issue at the time, you release everything else that came behind it as well. Yeah. Because everything's bottled up. You're frustrated, you release everything. And when I went through my divorce with uh, Paul, George's dad, you know, it was a really rocky patch that. And I thought, right, you know, I'm not dealing with my mental health very well. So that's when I went to seek help. Um, And they helped me through all that. So how long ago was this? Um, That's 10 years ago. 10 years ago. George was about six. So George was about six, yeah. yeah. And I'd already, I've already spoken to the children at this point because obviously yeah, Nathan yeah, yeah. was old, Nathan was 12. I've already said to them, you know, um, 
you know, I do deal with things differently, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I've yeah. always been very open about them. But I think after I went through my counselling, I was far more open. I started to learn that bottling things up isn't a good thing, you know what I mean? I started talking to them. And hence why Nathan and Livia and Georgia now, you know, if they've got issues, they'll always come and talk. Yeah. I think it's a yeah, really good see, thing to do. You can see that, like, yeah. in the way you all talk to each other, you can see that it's very open. And I think that's a really, really good way to be about it. I think me and Fraser probably struggle more with it. Like yeah. I've seen him grow up and he really struggled. Like but he I had the weight of his him. world on him a lot of the time, especially like when we played cricket. He was always like, either, if he was the youngest player in the team, he was still the young starler who was supposed to do really well. And if not, he was captain of the younger team. So he had to basically win us the game. And I know a few times, I remember like at the under 15s final, like we needed him to do well. And he really, really exploded and like he lost control of his emotion. And that was just because he didn't know how to deal with him. And yeah. so often, I remember being a kid as well, like I remember headbutting someone. He yeah. Fraser saw me in a final kick my helmet off the pitch when I was about 18. Like 40 yards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, that's that but that was us struggling to handle yeah. that emotion. Yeah. So I think. But not talk about it I think either. The kids seeing you be able to handle it in that sort of way will definitely help them. Not just now, but in the future. Yeah. So I think that's really, really good yeah, for them. Yeah. Like Georgia the other day very openly said, like last Friday, she struggled with her mental health mm. and came back to what she would class as a happy place. And that's fantastic. Absolutely. And that, that's so good. Like I would, like, I, don't, I don't know what my happy place would have been classed but as. I think, that, I think that's something you've got to instill. I think there's, everybody's got somewhere where they've got a safe haven. And yeah, like, yeah. I believe that. You know, I mean, somebody, somewhere's got, you've all got a safe haven. Georgia's George is, George is oh, yeah. just probably, you know, think comfortably at home and in the gym. Yeah, and mm. that's where she feels safe. Yeah, I think that's really good. Because yeah. that's what we're mm. trying to build as a culture yeah. as well, Absolutely. isn't it? So, it is a culture yeah. we're trying to build yeah. as well. Yeah. It feels safe and happy. You come to us and talk about, about anything. The thing with Georgia saying that, because like I've, I've heard her saying it, and it's brilliant that she's saying it, because I think connotations in the past when you were probably dealing with it, when you were 16, Georgia's age, if you said that, someone might have said, oh, you're just being soft. Whereas, oh, absolutely. Whereas yeah. that, that yeah. is yeah. the wrong you way. You 16, and, and I know when my, my brother took his own life, it was very hoodoo, it was very yeah, yeah. Like, frowned upon, it was, yeah. you know, it, you know, your brother's a psycho, because that's how people judged it. It's one of those like taboo and that, I know that sounds really sad, but that's no, how yeah. they didn't understand it, did they? Yeah, or the loony bin was, you know, yeah. all those yeah. words, those discriminating words were used so much when I at 16, you know what I mean? That it was really frowned upon, and I think it's fantastic these days because men, you get a lot more health, help. Yeah, it's still so high. Massive stigma, yeah. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Especially in men's health. That, in, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've always tried to instill that in the children, you know what I mean? Just talk about it. Just but, find somebody that you can talk to. It might not have to be me, but please just, you know what I mean? I think they've all done even like speaking about it now like probably the reason why me and Fraser went to the gym on Saturday and Sunday and spent six to eight hours there is because it was you know different to being at the cricket club where yeah, the pressure right. of the world was yeah, on us there yeah. to you know perform yeah. well perform Absolutely. you go and do something you enjoy where it was exercise and you could just mess around yeah, yeah or you could just do whatever you wanted in terms of the gym and I, I think that that was probably a great release for us at the time as well. But if I think if you could have spoke to your parents about how you were feeling the pressure, because you always had a lot of pressure on you as a kid, didn't you? Yeah, probably, but I didn't really speak to anyone. No. So I just sort of, because I, I know it wasn't exactly long ago, but it's mm. only been the last year or two where people have gone speak to people. Yeah, like yeah. they made an actual conscious effort to advertise this in a way. Mm. So like, even for me as, what? 14, 15, 16, it still wasn't a big 
with the thing mental health really. yeah, especially in sport as well yeah, like, there is so sport, much pressure say yeah. you're not doing well and you're struggling with it people just get on your back yeah, mm. yeah. like oh why aren't you doing this yeah you should be doing that oh you should be doing that when really there's nothing wrong with how you're playing technique wise <clears> skill <throat> level it's just in your head you can't comprehend it mm. and I feel like Definitely in the sporting industry now, that's definitely being looked at more. Yeah, yeah I think the Gary Speed, when Gary Speed, yeah, you know, that's a big life, one. Gary right. Speed took his own life. I think it was highlighted how much pressure was actually within sport. And yeah. you know, but how much do we see it? Like when we played cricket, like with Alan Brecken with his son, like you just like he was so ruthless with his son. Wasn't he like you've got to do well, you've got to do well. I remember he one day got 147, which is really good in cricket. He was like. Why didn't you get them over three runs? It's not as if you didn't try to get them over three runs. Yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. he got out to a good yeah. ball. Like, it's but crazy, but we have it in football yeah. all the time, don't they? Where the parents oh, live through yeah. the kids. Well, I see it on Saturdays because I usually do well. I used to do coaching last year. Yeah. Uh, Saturdays for like three to eight year olds. And mm. even at that age, you've got dad on side like going, oh, get stuck in, oh, yeah. do this, oh, do that. It's yeah. like, the kid don't want to be there. Yeah. yeah. Joking like, aside, though, I, I did it with mine. We were on about it the other day. I yeah, you got to be competitive. You know, what does second yeah. place start with? He used to say, yes, I say, no L for loser. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it was always just done in such it a like, oh, yeah. yeah. But it, it, well, there's a, there's, there's a line. No, like, I think if you, if you bring your kids up like that as well, like she's made it so open, you can have that banter and joke. Yeah. Yes, if you don't have that openness and you just have that ruthlessness, then where did he go to talk? Absolutely, you know, it, yeah. it just ends up being bottled yeah. up. Absolutely. As you said, going back to like, when we train, like it was probably like a mechanism and we probably train ourselves to exhaustion and failure quite yeah. often, which is not a healthy thing to do. So now when you were 16, say if you were ever struggling or later on in your life, if you ever struggling with mental health, would you ever go to the gym just for exhaustion and just absolutely just tie yourself out? Because we had a big issue when you first started training that you weren't resting enough. Yeah, and you hated deload weeks so my head now is thinking well has she built that as a mechanism when you know she's struggling with mental health just come and train it and sweat it out yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say to exhaustion but I think just coming in mm. and just releasing it every day it yeah. was a big thing for me so I never used to come in and, and kill myself in the gym while I was here but I needed to be here to get out you know so if something had built up through a week it would take me maybe a week to get it out of my system so it would be yeah. a case of training every day which is why I'm in here so much <laughs> but you know what I mean so yeah I wouldn't say to necessary to exhaustion, but definitely I need to be in the gym. I, I think for me, it's my time, my hour and a half, mm. whatever it be, to come in and focus purely on me, to forget about all the things that are stressing me out or whatever, and just focus on me. And it's a being mindful of that and yeah. appreciating some of the other things in your life that, you know. And you're very talented in the gym as well. Like you can perform all the movements very well, you put a lot of effort into it, big focus, you make it a priority in your life. Yeah. And I think one of the best things you've said to me is when you're here, this is your time, and like your kids are here to enjoy their own time as well. Yeah, and like you separate that, and I think that's like a fantastic way. Of looking at it for me there are things that I can learn going forward going actually that's a really good way of separating it yeah. and I said that to Martin because Martin used to spend a long time with Mads when she was training and he might chip in the odd comment and I said to Martin you go and do your session this is mad session and he loves it it's worked so much better yeah, yeah. but how many how amazing would that what? be at football or cricket oh, yeah. to go listen your son's playing football or your daughter's playing football you're going to sit on the side you can support them but that's it let the coach coach their job how many times did your dad have to say to people oh, let Depp do the coaching so yeah. yeah let Depp do the coaching I've always, I've always said to you as soon as I walk through the gym door they're no longer my children the clients of the gym yeah and, it, yeah. It, and I've got to you know there's lots of things that they, they, 
Yeah, I've got to just switch it off. Well, you, you know see it mean? when you come in, like when you train on your own. Headphones go in, and you're in that zone. Yeah, like, focus. Yeah. So I focus. in the same bay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's good to see though that you can yeah. turn that switch so easily. Yeah. Like it's really really good. It's possible when you come you've in, trained. you do train hard. Yeah. It, it, I would say it's not something that Nat's done just off the bat. I would say it's something no. that she's developed that yeah. focus because she knows that, yeah. if she's not on top of her fitness or her health, then that will affect. And I always yeah. say this to people: Oh, I'm depressed. Well, are you eating healthy? Are you? giving yourself a little bit of exercise are you enjoying a little bit of downtime are you giving your body the best nutrients and stuff are you allowing your body to be happy and well if not then you know you're probably not depressed you probably just need to get a bit of exercise you need to go for a walk you know yeah, you need to get sunlight yeah. or something in your life and i think that's the same for nat like she knows if she doesn't come and get a couple of hours in the week in the week every week in the gym her mental health might deteriorate would that be fair to say no, and it absolutely does yeah even in lockdown mm. i think you knew towards the end of lockdown i was starting to start you know yeah. chomping at the bit because i was like i needed to get back out it was yeah. all right doing it at home but i'm in my own four walls it's not the same turn switching off that switch yeah. Yeah. i'm in my own four walls i've still got the children around me and like i said before in my own home there's still my children coming through the gym door the clients yeah. Yeah. i know yeah. that sounds deaf but that's how much i have to do the switch bit so yeah i needed to get out and do my fitness rather than being at home to do it so yes it is for my own mental health it's my time to come in and switch off and be my own person not a mum yeah. Or else, if, if you don't get those like three, four hours every week of, in the gym, do you feel like you're in a rut? Yeah. Is, is, yeah. is that you? Yeah. 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 I think, you know, it's all, on holidays different, isn't it? Yeah. I never course. ever yeah. train on holiday. Yeah, people do. I don't. Yeah. I go out. I hit well, the that's ball. that's good. You have clear boundaries have, of where yeah, everything is. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I've had to do that. You know, I go on holiday, I go out, and I, you know, I'm there to just relax and enjoy yeah. myself and don't think about it. And it wouldn't affect me, my mental health, because it's a different... But when I come home, I know I've got to get back into that. I know I would be swallowed up with yeah. with mental health issues if I didn't come into the gym. Things eat away at me. So now, how hard did you find it to talk to, not your kids, but the general public about your mental health? Because you are very open about it, and I love it, and yeah. something that I try to do better. very, very difficult. Initially, really Do you remember, difficult. like, first talking to someone about um, it? I can't, really, if I'm, if I'm totally honest. I think the first person I ever spoke to really about it was Nathan and Olivia's dad. Um, and how was he? Absolutely fantastic, really? yeah. Was yeah. he shocked? No, not really, no. Yeah. Um, you know, because... I think, I think for me the hardest thing was to ever tell anybody that what you're getting close to is mm. I've got a weakness or yeah. there's a vulnerability well no the biggest thing for me is like because you talk about your family and everything else, yeah. the biggest thing for me is my brother's committed suicide yeah. that yeah. is so hard to tell people you know and I'm better at it now some days I get emotional still about it you know yeah. he's 33 years down the line but I still get emotional about it um, that's the hardest thing and then people will say oh does it run in the family you know what I mean see those questions yeah. all those are good questions so, yeah they, so so yeah, those kind of conversations a long time ago were really difficult because still it was very bit hoodoo-y. Mm -hmm. um, nowadays, um, I just truly believe it's better to speak up about it, you know, um, speak up about it and tell people. And you know, and I've and I've been there. I've been at work with people that have um, said, you know, that children or whatever are suffering from really bad depression or whatever and I've said you know if you ever want to talk I'll talk to you because you know I'm a survivor of somebody that's you know gone yeah. through that you know and I think it's always nice to tell, let people know if they want to sound off about it or you know don't know how to feel just to come and talk as well so yeah. I know a lot of people have come to you Nat for advice on like their mental health if they're not feeling great about it I know you gave them some advice but I know as personal trainers like me and Fraser like 
a lot of people come to us sometimes and sometimes it will just be a counselling session that day of someone to talk to yeah. and I always think surely these people have got someone better to talk to in their life but ultimately they might not be comfortable to speak to that immediate person like yeah. you just said your ex-husband yeah. they would rather speak to someone who's kind of like an intermediary they're not uber close but they're close enough yeah. to yeah. that they know the situation in their life and family I think the biggest thing is, is talking to somebody that you trust yeah, you know that you yeah, trust that that are going to listen. They're not they're not going to judge you. Yeah, they're just going to listen. And do you think that's is that the start of the process? Just telling someone, and then what's the second stage of that process? Uh, working through it. Working through it, and how does that look? Um, it's it, everybody's different. I can mm. only speak about myself. You know, I had to break things down. You're into like pros and cons. You know, I mean, yeah. something's overthinking in my head. Is it worth my time yeah. overthinking about it? So it's like, does it really affect me? Lots of different things, lots of processes, and everybody's different. My biggest thing was the fact that I always used to bottle things up so when things really got to me, I'd just put it in the jar, turn on the lid, and, and get on with my day. Realised now that it's a bad thing to do for me. It's a case yeah. of, you know, if I've got an issue, deal with it. So you don't use the jar theory anymore? No. No. So you just, just straight away talk no, about Because that's worked really yeah. well for me as a boss. If I've yeah. got an issue, right, let's get them sat down in a professional yeah. environment where no one else can hear and speak to them. Some people, it is better to speak to them in the open public because that's just the way they are. I think you have to, like you said, approach everyone slightly differently. Some people, like it might be just taking them out of the workplace and on for a walk or completely Absolutely. like a day out somewhere or in an environment that they're different to or it might be in their own home. You know, it could be something completely different. And like you said, though, it's everyone's individual. So if the first step is talking to someone and the second step is dealing with it, what other ways would you suggest of dealing with it? Um, Do you know anyone else who's dealt with stuff in different ways? I don't, if I'm honest. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, um, who, I've, who I've spoken to have dealt with it, have either gone down a counselling route, some people go on antidepressants and they're quite mm. happy to do that. You know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. I'd rather deal with the issue in a, in a, in a different way. Um, but no, I, honestly, I, I, think, I think the thing for me is I think you've got to find somebody you can trust, who you can talk to, mm. you know, maybe go through a pros and cons list, you know, analyse it, deal with it. I think yeah. the biggest thing is, is dealing with it. I think yeah. if, you, if something's really a bugbear and it's getting you frustrated, go and face it head on. Because, I think that's probably you know the best what? bit of advice. Now yeah. just thinking you know, about it in my you head. You overthink about it and you overthink about it. The unknown is the worst. It's deal with it head on and actually you walk away and think it wasn't that bad it's you like if you mean? procrastinate you on a job two, isn't it yeah something can eat you up for two days and you speak about it in half an hour and it's done with it's just done with and you think why did i do days? that two yeah, days ago yeah deal with it head on just, i think face you know, i think that's the same in like management and for business like for me like sometimes on monday i'll write down my jobs for the week and i go oh i can't do that i've not got enough time for that today but if I should really do that job first. And I know if I do do that job like this week, Monday and Tuesday were really productive and it's just made the rest of the week so much more relaxing. Yeah, because you got those big jobs out of the way yeah, done, yeah. you went and did it. You know, it might be a, an important meeting with the accountant, it might be an important meeting with a member of staff, it might be trying to hire a member of staff. You know, it could be whatever it is, get those meetings done or get that thing done that's like, or eat the frog as the book says. Yeah. You know, it might be get that important thing done so it's off your mind and that'll increase your mental health anyway. Of course it does too, Paul. yeah. The the longer you dwell in it, the, the, the lower you're going to sink. So, Fraz Gant, if you guys were ever down, what sort of things would you do to make yourself feel better? For or me, I, I, just, I just try and get around my mates. Yeah. I think they're yeah, the best, best sort of people for me because they know me and they're not going to make you feel as if something's up with you. They're just going to treat you as normal, have a laugh, take the mick out of you a bit. 
but you all know at the end of the day it's all love yeah. and like for me it's just get around people that I want to be around in a way so like mates family all that sort of stuff for me that's probably the best way for me to deal with something like that yeah. probably a bit the same probably just I think for me like it's like what I was mentioning before I came like mm. me being around my nephews I, I absolutely love them too so even if I'd like had a really bad day at work I'll always go around to my cousins and mm. see them because they don't know what's going on at work or anything yeah. they won't know you be they won't ask you questions like, about yeah whereas like if it's like another member of my family they might ask me questions because a lot of your family would do the similar yeah, thing yeah yeah so, and then the other thing is like Obviously, I bought the punching bag from you, so yeah. sometimes I will just go in the garage, do a few rounds of the punching bag, I'll just feel miles better after. I think also, though, I think sometimes that you can have an issue mm. and you're very tunnel-visioned with your, your viewpoint. Yeah. It's actually good to speak to somebody else because they actually see it from the outside of the tunnel and yeah. they can give you a different perspective of it. And, it. and suddenly it's like, wow, it actually is not that bad, do you know what I mean? Well, this week, Tom was just saying like something he does is he listen, he'll read The Guardian because it's against his views usually or against his opinion on a general. So I, I didn't, And that was something that I thought oh, was actually really good. So I went and researched, like, uh, a guy who kind of trains people in a different way that I do but I actually gained lots from listening to his stuff and watching him train you know and that was fantastic but for me if I was dealing with it like I'm the opposite probably to you two I like to be on my own I'll probably go and play some sort of sport that's slightly different or I might just go and play a normal sport might go for a long walk book a holiday Buy some clothes, usually a haircut or a car being clean, stuff yeah. like that. You and know, that really and that's good. good. And that's, yeah. But that's good. I can hear, you know, I can hear all of you say, you know, you'll go and see your friends. So that's lifted your spirits, but mm. you've dealt with the issue. Yeah. And that's sometimes so that's it. Maybe that's sometimes, yeah, I need to do sometimes a it better. could be an issue, yeah. and it's all right going to your friends because it does make and you feel better about things. It. But all you've done is actually hide your issue yeah, you've because you've, you've lifted your spirits again. You've not actually dealt with the issue, which is what I was saying earlier, which is a little bit like putting it in the jar. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it was on that. Because I, so, like, I think I've spoken to you about it, when I when I was probably um, 16, 17, my, my grandma passed away, and I dealt with that really badly, um, up until the point it got to, like, about a few months later, and my mum hadn't realised what had happened until she came to my um, college parents' evening, and then she found out I hadn't done any work since when my grandma passed away. I'd literally done, no, like, three months' worth of work, which not done at all. So after that, she, my mum gave me like loads of books. So um, there was a CBT, um, mm-hmm. was it Cognitive Good Behavioural Therapy. Therapy. So reading books like that, it was like a, a for dummies guide on it. And, and it gave me like a few coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. So when I do go into that mental state sometimes, I'm just a bit like, right, let's just go back into gear and just read read this book and then you'll be fine. But yeah, yeah there is there is other things like that that, that have helped me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's right. You know, cognitive behavioural therapy is very good. It stops you from looking at the positive point of view on some things and will make you look at the, you know, the neg- stop you from looking at the negative and make you look at the positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is all it is all good, but sometimes you, it's dealing with a real issue, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? And quite often, and I think, I think that's one of the, Biggest things I can I say to people, you know, and they'll say, "Oh, it's all right. I've gone out with my friends. I've had a few beers and whatever, and it's all all right now." Until the next time, yeah, yeah because yeah, you've yeah. not actually dealt with the issue. Well, how, how many people deal with it like that? that? Oh, yeah. let's go to my friends for a drink. Oh, let's go out for a drink tonight. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people deal with it like that, and they won't actually deal with it like properly. And, I, and the one of the terms we hear the most is an emotional eater. So if you dealt with that properly, if yeah. you've just gone away and ate it, and obviously Georgia actually said it, you know, she she's an emotional eater, so she yeah, will she go did. away and she'll eat as opposed to dealing with it where she's probably better talking to you. Even though you guys are so 
open and honest yeah. about him and he's such a close-knit family it's still hard to talk yeah. about it and I think yeah. that's what makes it such a stigma and even though mental health has been so there's been so much awareness about it over the last three or four years it's still really hard and I don't think that'll ever go it will always be hard yeah. but if if you had say for instance like my biggest advice is I always say if you want to do something mm-hmm. fitness or health or wellness get a coach for it I think it's the same with your mental health. If it is really struggling, go and see someone, get yeah. a coach. You know, it might not need to be someone who's uber professional, but just go and speak to someone. And then, you know, hopefully that friend's good enough to go, you know what, you need to go and see someone about it. You know, if it's a consistent Absolutely. problem. Absolutely, no, because I went to a cancer. I yeah. actually went to a cancer because in the end I thought, you know, I, I really need help. Not that I felt suicidal or mm. anything like that, but I just knew that I wasn't really dealing with the real issues of it and I couldn't understand why things used to get wound up at me. And that's and when I went in there, he said, you know, because you, your bottle's right full up, it's exploded yeah. now, you can't deal with it anymore. Um, and it's like a lot of things, you start thinking to yourself, oh God, I failed at that, I failed at this. And it's yeah. like, no, do you not, you know, it's like my biggest one, biggest example is like, you know, married two, two marriages down, two divorces. Yeah. I'm looks very, like a scorecard, doesn't it? Of life. Yeah, yeah. I, and he was like, and I said, and, you know, um, I feel like I'm a failure. You know what I mean? I'm a single mum. And he was like, yeah, but look at all the things you've done. You're a single mum. You've got three children. They're doing absolutely fantastic yeah. at school. And then they start, we start realise there's another flip side yeah, to all of is. that. It's yeah. a positive. You know, and now I actually take, I embrace that. You know, I think now, you know, even somebody mentioned it to me yesterday. Georgia passed her, her exams with flying colours yesterday. Yeah. And I said, now. Nah, You've brought three children up on your own for the last 11 years. They've all done superbly well. They've yeah. gone to university. They've got first, first and everything. And George is doing really well. You've done it on your own. Pat yourself on the back. Yeah, it's fantastic. You probably don't it's do that enough, do you, though? But we don't. We no. don't. You know what I mean? We're big, sometimes easy to remember. kick ourselves yeah, as well. Yeah, We always pick up on the negatives. Every one of us. And we, I think it's like, you can have, we were on about it and it's been spoken about. Yeah. You can have a load of positive reviews and you yeah. get one negative, you'll focus ah, so on yeah, the negative we said this review. I thought I heard it. Yeah, you always focus on the one negative yeah. to the hundred positives. But I think that's what my counselling did. It made me realise how many good things. And I think that the one big thing he, he, I took away from him is like, remember what you're grateful for. Every yeah. night before you to go to bed, just yeah, think about three things you're grateful mantra. for. And wake up in the morning and think, you know, what have you got ahead yeah. of you today? It's just be thankful. Like, it's always yeah. the small things, isn't it? Like the small roof things. over your head. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that, you know, we've got each other around us today and, you know, we've got opportunity. And I always think opportunity is the one that's most underestimated. Like how many opportunities that we have that people are trying to get. Like everyone, like every day will be wishing for the similar opportunities Absolutely, that we have. Yeah. You know, and I think that's it's a crazy way of thinking about it. But going back to the analogy I used with Georgia the other day, like when we first opened the gym, we had, I think it was, exactly a hundred reviews and one person put a four star and not a five star review and I dwelled on that as opposed to 99 reviews yeah. not a five star and, and like when you think about it that's absolutely crazy like we were getting one review every three days basically and one of them was four star and like that's the one you dwell on it's just human nature and I think yeah. training people to get get over that and think about more of the positives would be a great thing like I don't know how they would do it but surely they need to be managing it in school a lot better like how to deal with your emotions and I also think that would really help with like autism and ADHD like how to manage Absolutely. those situations like me and Fraser watched that Louis Theroux documentary yeah. on it and I just thought that's a disgraceful way of like dealing with it where it was just medication and I just thought that's the same way we deal with mental health yeah and that's so how that's they used to deal I with it in, in America you know, the thing is, a lot crazy. of mental health is, you know, some people are chemically Im- imbalanced for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah. I need yeah. medication. I'm not knocking medication. No, for a lot of people, I do think, you know, if you actually seek counselling and get to the root root of your problems and actually think of, you know, like I did, mm. you know what I mean? I went through about eight 
really hard weeks and there would be time to go in and I think I've got nothing to talk about this week but he'd have picked up something that I spoke about the week before and, mm, and then nice. before I knew it, I was in floods of tears yeah. you know what I mean trying to deal with an issue um, and I think actually getting through those issues and learning how to deal with them next time things come yeah. along is a better way than medication personally I, I, I used to talk to this about like counselling to my cousins and everything because like me my mum and her ex we went to family counselling like many moons ago now and they couldn't understand it and I said to them I was like you don't realise until you're actually there that it's actually just an investment in yourself it's Absolutely. not it's not just a, a stigma thing where I'm going to sit on a chair and this guy's yeah. you know what I mean like you see in like movies yeah it's not that it's <laughs> like actually goodwill hunting <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh <man. laughs> but but it's like the whole thing where they, this this certain things I, I've done in my life where I had a personal trainer or had um gone through counselling with my mother ex where I think those are actual good investments yeah. I don't Absolutely. mind spending money because I know I'm getting a whole lot more out of it and I think that's the case with, with counselling don't worry about the stigma just go and, go and try it yeah, yeah, even yeah. if it was just one session like yeah. you could all spare it like, instead of that yeah. night out for a, a, a session on it Yeah, I think I, I think like Nat just alluded to it there where she said she went through 8 weeks of really tough work and don't get me wrong when you go for counselling, it will be tough because they will ask you uncomfortable things. You will unearth emotions that you've probably not dealt with. So when you're going through that, them eight weeks, you can either deal with it in those eight weeks, or like Nat said, you can just keep prolonging it for 20 years, 30 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, it could yeah. be 40 years. It could be a very, very long period of time. And I think like the counselling we had, like we actually got it for free at MySco because they were trialling something with UCLan and it was a sports therapist and they wanted to do like a study on us and it was like a sports psychologist, that was it. And Dr. Watson ended up, she ended up becoming like a normal therapist because she loved it so much and she was just originally doing the sports psychologist uh, and she was fantastic and like she's got her own practice now in Helmham and I still go and see her once a month but it's just fantastic and sometimes it won't even be about emotions, it'll be about like decisions like I've told Gan about it before like talking about like dealing with staff how you deal as a manager um, how you approach people how you speak to people you know how you deal with situations going forward you know what you, and like business planning with her in the future and, and what I do now affects my feelings and how my attitude and everything goes forward and my attitude as well like, that's a really big one for mental health if you've got a better attitude then it's going to be so much better like every morning I am trying to be positive you know like to Fraser or me or like everyone who I see like every morning I'm always like you ready to take over the world skip alright let's get after it today we're looking forward to today like I'm oh, always I think the thing I think if you if I think though if you're really on top of your mental health mm. it, it you become a better employee a better boss a, a better mum you know what I mean better dad whatever a better friend everything because you know I just because you, you've got a positive outlook you know I can honestly say hand on heart I'm probably the happiest I've been in a long, long time now, mm. you know what I mean? Because I've got things right, I've got things, I've got things where, you know, things get you down, yeah. but I've learned how to deal with them now instead of bottling them up, you know what I mean? I think I've, physically, I'm in a really good place. I love coming to the gym, you know what I mean? Mm. Again, I've invested in a PT, but you know I mean, because it, I think yeah it is good like Gan said yeah. invest yeah. in yourself do you know what I mean because it makes everybody around you who are in your life it, it makes it all better you know what I mean because you become a better mum you become a better friend 
I think that's it. I'm like, what, I remember once me and my friends were talking about like, what stage of your life would you go back to? Like, we're all wishing we could go back to Maesco and like back to college, and then we're all wishing we could go back to uni. But all about like by the end of like this very philosophical conversation, we were like, we were, were we didn't love it then. We we thought, oh, we can't wait to be older. And yeah. when we yeah, when we all remember being kids, oh, we can't wait to be adults. Oh yeah. And like now, like we said it the other day, like I would say, oh yeah, I'd love to be twelve or something again, so we could play like yeah. cricket and football at team level and stuff. And but ultimately, like it's just about loving the now, isn't it? And I think like it's the it's Eckhart's book who talks about like the now. There's no future. There's no past. It's all about now. And I think like that's something that we could teach. Everyone could teach that and like learn that just to be be appreciative now. Because in ten years' time, we wish we could be back here now. And it's a funny psychology to go through, but ultimately, like now we're in, you just need to enjoy it and be positive yeah, now, don't absolutely. you? Absolutely, it's hard to now. do sometimes. You can reflect on the past and learn. Mm. We learn from it. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. live in the now. And, and learn how to cope with those days that you know you're not feeling your best, which we're all going to have. And I absolutely. also think like it's okay not to be happy. Like some people, are like, oh no, he's, he's down for a day. He, there's something wrong with him. You can just have bad days, guys. Like, you, you know, you can't control everything. And I used to be guilty of that all the time, didn't I? I would always be like, why is this day so bad? Like, I try, right, I'm going to try and be positive. I'm going to finish on a good day. I'm going to finish on a good day. But some days you just go, oh, that was a shitter. Yeah. Start yeah, again tomorrow. Like, yeah, but over, there's always tomorrow. You can overanalyze it. With cricketers, yeah. like, that's probably the most detrimental thing you can do is yeah, you used to always overanalyze it. Stuff. And you'd be watching videos and videos. And, like, Fraser does it with his lifting now. He won't watch his lifts straight after his session. No, and I because refuse he, to watch anything in session. Yeah. I'll look after. Yeah. But in session is, I it can't just affects his mental health. He'll be like, oh, that lift shit, I'm not doing well, it for the rest good, of the day. Well, that's good, then. You've learned that that works for you, yeah. you know what I mean? And I think that's the thing. You've got to learn to what works for you. Yeah. You've just and got to keep constantly yet. developing it, though, and, hasn't and, it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Guys, what's more important, physical or mental health? For me, mental. Oh, wow. Yeah, for me. For me to go hand in hand. Yeah. I'm going to sit on the phone well, No, I'd agree with you. To be fair, I didn't know that was an option. I would have said yeah. that. Dan's <laughs> always the fence there. <laughs> he, he's got the strongest fence ever. Yeah. Because yeah. he only <laughs> ever sits on the fence. Yeah. Who do you support that? Oh, sometimes Liverpool, sometimes Manchester. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, def- definitely hand in hand. I think, yeah. you know, um, sometimes you need a bit of both to mm. help you through. Sometimes you haven't, yeah. you haven't got the... You know, sometimes you drain physically. You've yeah. got to have the mental attitude to, to get you through the session. Yeah. So, but vice versa, sometimes, you know, it's, you're mentally down, you need the physical to get your mental spirits up again. Yeah. So I do think they come hand in hand. 100%. Sometimes, like, obviously, like, we, we did a motivational podcast about, like, motivation dwindling, and sometimes it just depends on discipline and dedication. But, it, like you said, it all comes in hand in hand, you yeah. know. If I know, if, like, if my lifts are not going well, then it's going to decrease my mood or if, something like that. But you, ultimately, I... I have to like learn that, and I think Tom obviously today is a great example of it. Like he's not happy that his lifts have gone badly. Like you just have to learn, right? Well, that was an hour of my day. I've got twenty-three hours. I can either be miserable and waste them, yeah, yeah. or I can be happy and enjoy my life. So it's, it's about developing that process. It anymore, like, no, yeah, it's gone. Life. It's done. Yeah. You know, there's nothing you're Don't changing today that's going to change and go back in time. So you just go again. Good guys. Anything anyone would like to add? What's your biggest tip now on mental health? I always ask this. I think biggest tip is again never to bottle anything up. Um, find the issue, face it head on. Go and speak to the person if it's about somebody, if it's a whatever the issue. Go, go, go and try and sort it out. Never use the jar. Never use the jar. Never use the jar. And that you know a lot of us do. We've all said in this room now. You know what I mean. A lot of you will go and go to your friends and have a drink or whatever, but you've not actually dealt with the issue. Sometimes it's sometimes just face it and deal with it. Yeah. Don't overthink. Face the jar. 
Fraz, what would you say like, your biggest mental health tip could Probably be? the same sort of thing. Just speak to people. Okay. Get yourself out. You, you can't complain about being in a bad situation if you're not willing to change something. I think that's a I fantastic feel. way of looking at it. Like, if so you're not if, willing if you're to get not out doing, of it, if you're not if you don't want to live exercising, in and by exercising I don't just mean going in the gym and smashing it out. I mean just walking or just any mundane exercise. If you're not eating well, if you're not getting out of the house, not getting sunlight, it's just simple, simple things that can help your mood. But if you aren't willing to do that, then like it's you you're in a bit of a bad situation. Yeah. So you've got to be willing to change. So for me, it's just, yeah, get out, get change. Because I just don't want to echo everything they've said. For me, for me, try counselling. Even if you think there's nothing wrong, just try it. Even if it's just to improve your skills, like you said. About it, like, so for one thing that they said about my anxiety was like, imagine there's like a blue bubble and that bubble's getting smaller. And like, oh no, bigger, it's bigger. Bigger, yeah. Yeah, the blue bubble's getting bigger. Um, and like it, really well. it worked well for when I needed it at the time. Like it was a time where I was really struggling with anxiety, and now like it's fine. It doesn't bother me. Uh, but like there is techniques that like you wouldn't even think about. I know. Yeah. So like even if you went and you thought your mental health was good, it's only gonna make it stronger. It's like going to the gym. If you think you're strong now, going to the gym is only gonna make you stronger. If you it's, get not just, it's not just it can help you. It can help other people because yeah. you can relay that information on like and be and ha- and like use the information that you've learned to advise people. Like Nat said, if you're happier and you're better and you're, you've got your emotions under control, you're going to be better and happier yeah. with the people yeah, around you. It. We've all had it in our lives where there's been a person who maybe isn't in the best mental health and it affects everyone, doesn't it? Absolutely. Like Obviously, yeah. like sorry to bring you back, but if you, when your brother passed, that was awful for your whole family. It wasn't just you, it wasn't just your brother. And when he was suffering, it was probably everyone that was suffering. Absolutely, yeah, and yeah. it's all the time. Like If one person's suffering... It's awful. It's like with a geese flying, isn't it? They always have like, if they get tired, they always go to the back. If there's one injured, they always come down together. And it's the same sort of thing as a family. And that's kind of like the FitzS community. We want that to be built in massively. If someone's struggling, we want to be that rally around them and yeah. help them as opposed to going, they're struggling, let's leave them to get over it. I think the biggest thing, I think you, I think as a tip, it'd be a case of, you know, if you're in that mood where you're really low, you've got to ask yourself, what am I doing to get out of it? Nice. Is it am I doing yeah. to get out yeah. of it? You Sometimes that, like you said, it's that doing nothing. It? Yeah, you've got to have the objective. Have you've got to have. You've got to have a plan to get out of it because it is. And, and in this environment, when you've got a gym, it only takes one person. You, you, we've all been in that situation where you walk in a room, you think, oh god, who's in a bad mood? What's yeah. going on in here? You know, yeah, you can yeah. feel that negative atmosphere. vibes straight away. In mm. even in a crowded room, you can yeah. feel it sometimes. And I think, yeah, so it's better just to try and get it out. But yeah, I, I think that's the objective. I would say if you're really low. What is it I'm doing to get out of it? I really love that, Nat. Thank you very much for joining yeah, us today. Thank you. Before My we pleasure. finish, I'm going to make you, put you on the spot. Give me one person that you want to hear on the podcast. Who would you love to hear? It could be anyone. It doesn't have to be like someone you know. Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama. I'd like her on the podcast. Yeah, I would have a nice trouble with that one. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Okay.